0: So Patrick, oh, there he
1: is. I think Elijah's here.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. Real quick, I just want to congratulate Charlie over there. He pulled a tooth out, like, right in front of us out of nowhere during the, uh, I think it was, like, right before the Misha barrack. So good job, man. Keep it up. Got a few more in there, and soon you can get your dentures. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and open up a prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you. We come before you today, uh, Lord, to celebrate your word and to, to learn your instruction, Lord. I, I pray that you guide me to say what you want me to say and um, <clears throat> that we glorify you with our words, thoughts, and actions this day, Lord. We, we thank you so much for this Shabbat. Yeshua's blessed in name, I pray. Amen. 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 All right. I'll just hold this. So. No, I'm feeling I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. But today we are talking about the home, so I just wanted to get a little comfy for a little while until it gets too hot up here. But. So um, as we continue our uh, study and series on holiness, uh, Gabe and Mr. Bob, they've really covered a lot of ground and really done a lot of the heavy uh, legwork with defining what holiness is um, and different aspects of it. So far, we've covered you know what holy homes are. Uh, sorry, that's today actually. Sorry. Uh, what holiness is, holy health, and last week, holy marriages. This week we're going to talk about holy homes, and uh, again, there's a lot of overlap, and they've done a lot of the the groundwork with it. So this is especially with last week's teaching on uh, holy marriages. Last week while Gabe was teaching, he was talking about, he had mentioned at one point how sometimes um, married couples do not prioritize their marriage. And when he was talking about this, it reminded me of the story about a man who did not prioritize his marriage. So <clears throat> I didn't mention it last week, but essentially the story goes, there is uh, a couple, and they're going out to this opera. Now, this is like a big opportunity. It's like once in a lifetime, um, very expensive, and also it's probably the last one that will ever be done uh, with these specific singers. Well, anyways, this this young couple, they, they get there, and it's just packed, and they're like, whoa, there's like so many people here, not a seat that's open. <laughs> And so they, they're guided over to their seats, and they're kind of close to the front, and they get all the way down, and they're almost to the end of the aisle. But there's two seats next to them on the right. And there's one seat that's not taken, and then the next seat, there's a gentleman sitting there. Now, they're sitting there, and it's getting close to showtime, and they're kind of looking around. And they're like, this place is packed. That's the only seat that's not taken. You know, what's going on here? And so they kind of lean over to the gentleman and they say, uh, Sir, how are you? And he's like, oh, good. They, uh, he said, um, is this person? Do you know they're coming? Uh, and he was like, well, no. And they're like, wow, that's a surprise. And he said, yeah, I really wanted to come to this this opera so bad, and my wife is going to come with me, but she died the other day. And they're like, oh, we're we're so sorry. And he said, and he's like, yeah, it happens. And then um, they're like, well, not to be uh, insensitive, but did you have any other family or close friends that could attend and come with you? And he said, yeah, they're, they're actually at the funeral right now. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to crack that one. that one last week. That's pretty bad. But he didn't prioritize his marriage, so it's, it's very important to do that. Anyways, so as we continue to uh, cover... I'm going to get some flack for that. Yeah. As we continue to cover different aspects of holiness... This week, we'll be focused on holy homes. You know, what is a holy home? What does it look like? What does it smell like? You know, what separates it from the common or worldly home? Now, first, I want to make sure that you understand what I mean when I say home, because I believe there's a difference between a house and a home. Amen. Amen. Um, Again, another story here. There's these two little boys walking home from school. And when he's about to walk up the driveway to where he lives. And um, it happens to be kind of a run-down uh, shed. His his family, they, that's what they live in, and um, they're, they're still happy with it and everything. Another little boy, he notices, and he says, you don't even have a house. And he turns back and he says, yes, but we have a home. We have a home for, you know, if we ever do get a house, we can just move it right on in. And so I think that's kind of a good illustration because a, a home is so much more than a standing structure. It is really, it's the, the family The the of course the structure too and the things in it that all makes the home. Now with that said, you know our homes and things in them are extensions of ourselves, are they not? I want to go ahead and uh, let's turn to Second Corinthians five seventeen real quick. It begins, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Now, all these things are from the God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their wrongdoings against them. And he has committed us to a world of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, in case you didn't know, as believers, we are ambassadors of the kingdom in Yeshua. Amen? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
0: So, as ambassadors of the kingdom, you know, representatives, we should... Excuse me. Uh, our homes should be embassies of that same kingdom, right? So... This, what does that look like? It should be a place where the ordinances and the desires of our heavenly king are lived out and put on display uh, daily to honor, love, and focus on him. With the sole purpose of serving him and growing disciples. That's what a holy home is. Where God is at the center of the marriage and the relationships within that whole household. You know, A place of peace, love, and refuge and stability where God's presence can be felt. I will now take off this robe because it is stifling. Oh, my goodness. So real quick, let me ask you all, because these places are very holy, and not everyone gets a chance to visit them. Has anyone here ever been to an embassy for any nation or other country? Yeah. Really? Oh, what was that?
1: Well, I grew up, I grew up in Arlington, Virginia, and that oh. was one of the field trips in my class in school. We actually, in fifth grade, did like a world revision class and we went to a mosque and we went to all these different places, but we also went to the embassies. And then later, I was a chaperone at Emmanuel Christian School for my kids' uh, field trip to Washington. And the first time I went, um, we actually got to go to the Israeli Embassy.
0: The Israeli Embassy in Arlington, Virginia.
1: uh, Well, in Washington. Oh, Washington. And So that was really, really cool, and he spoke to us and told us
0: Stuff and like that. That's neat. Was there a, were there a lot of people in there? Was it just a few? Or?
1: It was more like almost like an office building, you know. Like an office building. In there and people busy,
0: but you know. very neat. Do you think anyone lived there? Any any ambassadors?
1: Well, they wouldn't have lived in. I don't know. They lived in the embassy. Per se. I think they had their own quarters, place. maybe somewhere else. I think That was like more yeah. like where they worked.
0: Okay, where they worked. I understand some embassies are kind of like the White House where, you know, the president may live there, um, and some, some not. So, But, um, you know, in a, in a nutshell, embassies are sovereign territory of their home nation. They represent the interests and the values of their kings or rulers in a foreign land and are focused on host-national nation, relationships. And the ambassadors who inhabit the embassy participate in society but find their citizenship elsewhere. Doesn't that kind of sound like the, the position we're in here as ambassadors of the kingdom? Now, let me ask you uh, another question. Say the, uh, the UPS man was delivering a package to your home, and you allow him to step in, and uh, he puts the package down, and he asks for your signature. And as, he's, as you're signing for the, the package, when he's looking around, what, what do you think he's going to see or hear? Is he going to hear, you know, loving conversation between, you know, friends and family and perhaps maybe some music in the background that resembles the, you know, the music in heaven? Or is he going to be met with bickering and foul speech and look over there and see your Harry Potter collection next to the Cardi B and Slipknot CDs? I mean, what is he, he going to see when he's there, right? Is it going to be a place of love? Is he going to feel an influ- influence of our Messiah, of Christ there? <coughs> Or is it just going to be just another home who's just delivering a package to? Something to think about. Now, you can tell a lot about a person or a family by visiting their home, amen? You can see that the, th- the things that they value, the things that they consider holy, as Gabe put it so well the other day. And uh, you can also see how you know, their family truly treats each other uh, behind closed doors, not in public. Now, before we get You know, into it, I want to mention a few things. One thing, um, no one, including myself, has the perfect home. We're all fallen, and we're all, uh, you know, as believers, we're working towards um, emulating our Messiah. Now, there's a great amount of wisdom and discernment that comes into this, and we, we can only get that from the Father. Now, we all have different convictions, and we must respect each other's convictions when we're talking about them, too. <clears throat> excuse me. Now, I am also getting better from the plague that went through, so excuse me if my voice cracks or anything like that. I'm, I'm done with puberty, so... anyway. <laughs> there isn't a Martha Stewart book in the Bible explaining how to set up our homes and, uh, you know, arrange our furniture. But we do have guidelines as to how we're supposed to live and treat each other. We even recited, you know, De- Deuteronomy 6.4 earlier today. If you'll recite it with me just one more time, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of His glorious kingdom for all eternity." And you shall love the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, soul, and all your mind. And these words which I command you today, be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. Speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you retire, and when you arise. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand. And let them be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and upon your gate. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, yeah. Okay. Amen. So that's the focus, y'all, on the commandments and on God and his instructions. If the foundation of our homes is not on God and his instruction, it is bound to fall and crumble. And for disorder to take over. You know, we, we serve a God of order that sets boundaries for our own good so we can flourish and be joyful. It's like what Gabe had mentioned last week about, you know, marriage being likened to a garden, right? If you just if you don't tend it and don't really care for it and you allow the, the weeds just to blow in and just take over, it's going to smother and, and just absolutely choke out all the good stuff and everything that really matters. So, for our own good and to glorify God as ambassadors on earth, let's talk about some boundaries we should have to help us stay focused on God and to help cultivate a holy home. Now, this is not an extensive list by any means, but it's just a um, just a few things to consider. Firstly, what we allow into our homes—very important—we should be gatekeepers of our homes. Also, who we allow into our homes—very important. And then, thirdly, how we spend time, our precious time, in the home. Now, let's start just with boundaries real quick, because we serve a God that gives us boundaries. Boundaries around marriage, or boundaries even around how we worship Him. Boundaries are good and necessary, and having healthy boundaries is essential to our walk with God. Amen? And with the spiritual warfare we're all facing, we need to make sure that we have game plans to protect our families and in our homes. So again, what we allow into our homes, who we allow into our homes, and how we spend the precious time we have in the home. So firstly, what we allow into the home, right? We want as much of God as we can fit into our home. Amen? And so if you haven't already, dedicate your home to the one true God pray for, for wisdom and discernment and, and for it to be filled with his spirit and protected from the adversary. Now, as ambassadors taking care of embassies of the kingdom, we must be careful about what we allow into them. <clears throat> Nowadays, there are so many distractions trying to take us away from our God and take the focus away from our family and, and, and everything that matters, that truly matters. One of the big, the, you know, the main culprits of it is the screen. TVs, cell phones, computers give us access uh, access to a world of things, both good and bad. But we must be careful about what we allow into our eyes and our ears and in our mind, because that, the, the, the eyes are the gate to the soul. Amen? Don't let your filter get clogged up. Now, Alexis and I, we have uh, some boundaries that I'd like to share with you that we, we keep in our home. Uh, now, these are some of our convictions, and again, there is a lot of wisdom and discernment involved in making your own decisions. Now, in regards to entertainment, we do our best not to, you know, we do, we do our best not to, you know, look into um, any kind of content that contradicts our values. Excuse me, my, there we go. Um, you know, this includes anything containing or glorifying like magic, witchcraft, uh, profanity, violence, nudity, or sexual content, um, even the, the use of uh, God's name um, in vain, or as like a, a, a curse word. We also screen the books coming into our home. Oftentimes, uh, you know, we'll just get we'll we'll get loads of books from friends and family, and um, you know, there's you can get you can get some pretty crazy stuff in those. So we found quite a few in the recent years that make pretty good kindling for a fire. So another thing you know we're careful about are decorations. You know, uh, we don't want to be hinting like hanging pentagrams or, like, voodoo masks or anything like that in our home. Um, so that's that's just one of our convictions, something we, we, we don't partake in. Now, next, who you allow into your home, because we must protect our families, amen, and not allow people into our homes that are going to cause us to compromise our faith, our uh, marriage, or family. It's great to surround ourselves with believers, but uh, you know we should do that, but we are also called to be alike to others so i 'm not saying don 't have your neighbors over or anything like that. really, you should um, because the the home is is such an important and effective place to share god 's love with people who have maybe never even felt it and for them to have a taste of, of his presence. Kind of reminds me of a story um, when Adrian, Adrian was young um, he had gone to someone 's house and they had he had grown up Catholic, and they have uh, different... Uh, command- the Ten Commandments are a little different there. Well, he had gone to this house, of uh, uh, some believers, fellow believers, and they had the Ten Commandments on their wall. And he was looking at it, and he was like, those are a little different than what I've seen. What in the world? And that had opened him up to 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 more truth and, and um, love from this family. So... Um, you know, another thing to consider is how we spend our precious time in the home. Um, you know, we should be spending our time in a way that glorifies and pleases God, plain and simple, but what does that look like? Could it be, you know, just studying the word? Could it be studying the word with your family? Praying together? Eating together? You know, as the head of my household, so, one thing that I'm, I'm learning to do is just to be present with my family. Um, I have a lot of things going on in my personal life and it, some, that, it, so many things, again, they're trying to take the focus away from what truly matters. And so you can drift away quite easily if you get focused on things that don't matter. So I will admit I'm, I'm still getting better at it, but just being present with my family at the home. Because there, these moments are passing by very quickly. Right. They really do. So they are precious. And so when you actually sit there and you just soak it all in, it's so wonderful and so fulfilling and wholesome to do that. So if if you're having problems like I've had in the past with just being present, just just sit there and just just look around and try to keep your mind on, on what's going on. Now, you know, being parents is a huge responsibility. And when you have kids, you are now in charge of guiding them in the way that they should go. You must disciple and pour into them and show them show them God's love and grace. You know, how to walk the walk and talk the talk. Now, the home and the family unit and how they treat each other is so important in the kingdom. You know, here's something to think about. In the first half of Paul's letters to the Ephesians and Colossians, they start out sharing the, the deepness and the, just the, the wonder of the gospel. The great things about Yeshua crucified, our sins forgiven, enemies adopted and so much more. And then he switches gears and brings it home for a moment into the realm of this, what some may consider small things that actually turn out to be big things. Uh, he also covers you know, things like to do with work, fellowship, conversations and time management, and relationships at home. And relevance to what we're talking about today, can I have someone read Colossians 3.18 through 21 real quick? Nice and loud. Colossians what? It'll be uh, Colossians three eighteen through 21. <coughs> okay, would kind of like to read for us.
1: Wives, subject yourself to your husbands
0: as is appropriate to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't treat them harshly. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord.
1: Fathers, don't irritate your children and make them resentful, or they will become disturbed.
0: Thank you very much, Anna. Yeah. Doesn't that sound familiar from last week? See, I told you there's a lot of overlap. You know, how we treat each other in our home is so important in the kingdom because that our children are copies of us. You know, they, they, we're, we only have so much time with them. So when they see how the father treats the mother, the mother feeds the, you know, treats the father, and how they're treated... More than likely, they're going to carry that on. Not always, but they're going to carry that on. Um, so, um, oh, I meant that the negative things. Sometimes they, you know, they'll carry that on. Sometimes they can stop that cycle. Oh, yes.
1: This week uh, at Mary Jane's house, we were studying this week's Torah portion, and it covered there were at least four or five different ways that God was warning. Children, not to do against their parents, and if they did, the death penalty was what they would be deserved.
0: Should we when bring that back? No, it sorry. was like you know, <laughs> I know, but it was
1: like that's how seriously God takes it. Absolutely, because you know those pic- those parents are a picture of Him in His nature over us. Amen. And if we're disab- abusing our parents, that's our attitude towards our heavenly Father. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you often see that with. with- people who have authority, uh, problems with authority it starts in the home and if we're not if we're not being that image of, of God in a way to our children more than likely they're not really going to they're probably going to struggle in their relationship with God at first um, and, and it, it does carry through so absolutely and it's very important I mean it's one of the first recorded commandments that we, yeah. we, we have um, you know children obey your parents and um, there's and that that's, that comes with a promise, so it'll go well with you, and um, so so very important. Now, regarding boundaries around how we spend time in, in my home, uh, again, you can um, you know you can take it or leave it. These are just you know uh, these are just my convictions, second opinions too. So, regarding boundaries around how we spend our time in my home, we make sure to eat dinner as a family every night. No phones. And no toys, nothing that will take the focus away from just looking at each other and talking about our day. Because again, it's so easy to get disconnected from your family if if you're not spending time with them. Who would have known? <laughs> now, Alexis and I, we we also try to look for opportunities to make like everything, everyday things, into you know, learning lessons for our children. For example, we, we like learning and teaching helpful skills so we can take care of others and uh, you know ourselves, of course. Um, Things like growing vegetables or, you know, how to change a flat tire. Things that make us more capable people for the kingdom and more capable to help other people in times of need. Which oftentimes opens up great opportunities to share the gospel with them and share God's love. And also to represent, I mean, as believers, we should be capable people, you know. There was one thing uh, I wanted to mention. I forgot to have, have it so I could pull, put it up here. I, I'll, I promise we'll put it up there next week. But who remembers the ARC challenge? Not the ice bucket challenge, but the ARC challenge. For We have a lot of, uh, of new faces here. So uh, if you don't know what it is, it was a challenge that Gabe had proposed a while ago to bring our families, the families in our congregation closer together. I believe it's a very fun and very effective way to um, to do that, and I challenge it. I was going to challenge you all this week, but I f- totally forgot to uh, bring it uh, to put it up on the, the board. So we'll uh, we'll do that next week. And so I, I look forward to, to hearing you know the results that you have with it. Um, it it starts out with you know just reading at least two chapters of scripture every single day with your families, and, and then it goes on and there's some prayers in there too. And um, I would I would love if we if we kept that going as a congregation. Now, uh, before we wrap up, I want to mention that, you know, Alexis and I, we've, we've been on both sides. You know, we, we've, we've had a, uh, a home focused on God, a holy home. And then we've also had a home where we weren't focused on God and we were living very uh, worldly lives. And, um, you know, this is a, a really big thing for her. And she, she would really like to come up and speak today and share with you some of the, um, the experiences that she's had with you all. That's great. So. It's my
2: lovely wife. Hi, everybody. Um, that does not work. Okay. No, you <laughs> um, So I wanted to come up here today and kind of give a little bit of my testimony um, and kind of explain why this is an important topic to us. Um, so I'll just start at the beginning. Um, Ooh, sorry, I'm a little nervous, so if I ramble on too long, if somebody could come out with like a little shepherd's crook and just yank me off the stage, that would be great. <laughs> um, so I've, I've struggled with nightmares pretty much my whole life, and not just normal nightmares. It's like glue to the bed, like shaking and sweating and praying for morning sort of nightmares, which I understand now is a kind of demonic oppression for me. And um, this kind of came to a head when I was about 17. We were living in Germany. And I started having just um, horrible, horrible nightmares. I started seeing dark figures in my room at night. And I was having things akin to like anxiety attacks, basically, where I just, I wasn't sleeping. I was terrified all the time. And um, for a span of like one or two weeks, I just didn't sleep at all. (laughs) And so um, uh, at this time... I was into a lot of things that, from a worldly perspective, seemed pretty normal, but things that I would never, ever touch now. <laughs> things like um, horror movies, uh, a lot of stuff with magic in it, a lot of stuff about false gods and mythologies and things like that, and um, some a lot of other things. But um, I remember one night during this time, my wonderful mother came up to my room, and she was praying with me. And she... Um, Read me Psalm 91, which I'm going to read real quick. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague shall come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So she read that to me, and I remember hearing that and thinking, that's really beautiful, but I don't understand how that helps me. (laughs) I'm still terrified. And sure enough, that night, I had another one of the, you know, demonic attacks, and um, um, eventually, after about two weeks, I think, uh, they stopped, because I got something out of my room that had a pentagram on it, and I threw it in the trash, (laughs) and um, so they, they stopped, and fast forward a couple years, when we as a family decided to follow God a little bit more actively, we threw a bunch of that stuff away. And I'm not talking giving it away. I'm talking we either threw it in the trash or we burned it. <laughs> and um, and I threw away probably $1,500 worth of books and movies and music and memorabilia that I had gathered over the years that ranged from this is not very beneficial to this is 100% evil. <laughs> and um, so it felt like I was throwing away my whole life at that point because I had pinned my... Um, pinned my identity on these things, and I just didn't want that anymore. And um, we've decided to improve little by little over the years since then just um, what God wants us to have in our lives and what he doesn't want us to have in our lives. So fast forward a couple more years to about a month ago. um, One of the girls woke us up in the middle of the night because she had a nightmare, and um, we we stayed awake for a while and prayed with her and she was fine, and she went back to bed, but I could not. I was so anxious, and I was so nervous, and I was rolling around in bed and, you know, checking on the kids until eventually I just decided, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go pray and (laughs) read my Bible, and so I did. I went out to the living room, and I picked up my Bible, and that night came to my mind of us reading Psalm 91, and so I opened to Psalm 91, and I started reading it, and I just started crying because It was like this peace settled on me. Like somebody had wrapped a warm blanket around me on a cold night. And I was just so thankful. And I said, what changed from then to now? And um, I'm going to read a little bit again. But he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then at the end it says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I realized that God didn't change. He was He was waiting for me. It's just that at that time, I was not willing to pull myself up out of the mud and meet him halfway. And um, since then... um. I, instead of continuing in a worldly life and only praying when I want something, now I'm trying to mold my life to his standards and continually seeking him. And that has made a huge difference for us.
0: That's my wife. Yeah. I better, yeah, oh yeah. I better like 75. <laughs> Anyways, well, amen. I hope you guys, I uh, hope that bless you guys today and that you have a great Shabbat. Um, we'll go ahead and, and break bread um, and, and wrap up for today. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat
1: yeah. shalom.